Atheist Talk on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Good morning to all of you joining us locally by radio or streaming online. We appreciate you tuning in. Today is Sunday, December 31st. 1st, 2017. Happy New Year, everyone. And I'm your host, Hertzy Hertz. I'm here with Maddie Love to have a lovely discussion with Deborah, with a returning guest, Deborah <laughs> McTaggart, about her new show. This is an open conversation. We welcome and encourage listener interaction with your phone calls to 952-946-6205, your emails to radio at mnatheist.org, or you can tweet us at at Atheist Talk. The phone number is only available when we are live, but you can always email or tweet whether we're live or whether you're listening to this podcast. Maddie, Deborah, good morning and welcome to Atheist Talk. Good morning. So Deborah, you have a new show. So how many shows does this make this? Well... Two that I run, and I'm a panelist on a third. Okay, so which are the two that you run? So, uh, Beyond the Trailer Park is my longest show that we talked about last time, and I have co-hosts on that show. Um, And my new show is called Full Quranic. Oh, you know, I think you gave us a little bit of a teaser about this one last time. Yeah, well, we, we forgot to talk about it on the air, but we were oh. yapping about it off air. Yeah, we oh, got her in the Patreon. That was part of the Patreon. Yeah. So so for all of you people who are not Patreons, now you get to hear about what, the te- what we teased about last time. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is why you should be a patron. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, well, in that case, do tell us. Well, when I was on last, I hadn't launched anything at that point so i have now launched the new show i have six episodes out and the basis of the show is that i'm going to read the quran so you don't have to which is also my tagline (laughs) so so it's this the show kind of like uh because i know thomas smith had one thomas in the bible where you're actually reading it yes i am and and how do you find it as is it an exciting read Oh, hell no. <laughs> um, well, and I'm also reading it with a twist. So I'm not just opening a Quran, starting at, at, they call the verses are called ayats. So I'm not just starting at ayat one and reading. Um, and the first couple episodes I do, actually, I don't read it at all. Um, the first episode, I go into a little bit about my background And then I talk about Muhammad's life because he's kind of the source of all of this. So I thought it would be interesting to learn a little bit about him and and what made him tick. And then the second episode, I talk about how the crime came to be in the way that it is. And it was not kind of like the Bible because the Bible, you know, it, it changed in many, many ways over the centuries. And so did the Quran, and it originally was in a completely different order than what you would pick up a Quran and usually see today. So I found out what the, they call it the chronological order, because if you, if you don't know, um, supposedly Muhammad would go into a cave and meditate and pray, and that's when the angel Gabriel started to visit him and give him revelations of the Quran. So what I'm doing is I'm reading this in the order in which Muhammad was supposedly had the Quran revealed to him. Interesting. I would wonder why they would they would mess around with it and change the order. Well, 
ostensibly from I haven't been able to find a really clear reason other than there were a lot of different people involved with putting the Quran down on paper because the culture at that time was very much an oral culture. Uh, reciting large swaths of poetry was uh, a mainstay of the culture at that time. So when it came to religious texts, they treated it very much like other literature where it was memorized and, and recited and handed down verbally for many generations. And we all know how accurate that is. <laughs> <laughs> May I introduce so, you to the Nicene Creed or the Nicene Exactly, group. exactly. So, like, for instance, um, now the chapters, they call them ayats. And so the chapter one that you would go and, and see in the Quran right now was the uh, fifth chapter that I read. And the first chapter that I read was chapter 96. <laughs> so they just, like, threw out dominoes and said, all right, pick one. <laughs> well, and and it, see, this is the way that Muhammad supposedly came and said, oh, here's the new verse. Oh, here's the new verse. That's the order in which he supposedly got them. But so my understanding is at some point someone decided that the Quran should be ordered roughly the longest chapter to the shortest chapter. That's odd i would go yeah. the other way around you Except, know knock like, the shorter ones off first yeah you'd think but so but chapter one is actually quite short and then chapter two is super long and uh, then they sort of get shorter after that and then like there's only 114 chapters in the whole quran and chapter 114 only had like maybe five verses tops i don't i don't recall off the top of my head but hmm. wasn't that many so since since you stated that it's supposed to be poetry and such, how do you find it as poetry in and of itself? Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, now, caveat here, um, it's, of course, was written originally in Arabic, so maybe it sounds fabulous in Arabic. I don't know. Uh, and the Islamic tradition is that the Quran is the most perfect work of, of writing ever seen and it's so perfect that no man could have written it etc cetera, etc cetera, which you know baloney but uh, the guy who tra I'm using a specific translation and it's by a guy named of course Muhammad Marmaduke Pickthall who was an Englishman who converted to Islam um, at the turn of the last century and he wrote this translation in the 1920s but for some reason, and I think this is due to his English upbringing, he's decided that the Quran should sound like the King James Bible. So it's just horrible to read. So did you pick that knowing it was going to sound like the King James Bible? Or was that just... No. Okay. <laughs> I, I picked the Pixel translation because... As far as translations go, it has the most respect and the least amount of criticism surrounding it. So that that was my motivation for picking that one. And now I kind of wish I hadn't, but what do you do? 
I was going to say, and also, I mean, since it's coming from an actual native English speaker, it's probably going to have a very good way of him trying to copy that poetic verse. Yes. And and some parts of it, you can see where he's going for it. Like, some parts of it are extremely repetitious. And it's got, like, the same sort of information in similar sentence structures and things like that. But, I mean, I was writing better stuff in seventh grade, so I don't see anything miraculous about it. Granted, you also were having a seventh grade education. But we'll talk about Muhammad's history later. (laughs) Yes. I was thinking that might be good for the second segment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you've gotten six, so let's see, I'm guessing you've gotten about four chapters under your belt then? Oh, no, um, because, uh, for instance, in the first episode, because a lot of the early revelations seem to be these little teeny-weeny chapters. Mm. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. There's like... 15 or 20 chapters I read in the first episode. Oh, wow. So out of yeah. those, out of those, well, we'll just take the first episode then out of those revelations. Uh, which one is your favorite? <sighs> I'm trying to remember now. Cause I did like four reading episodes back to back over like less than a week. Oh, wow. So <laughs> they've all kind of mushed together. Um, well, we can go further. I mean, we can go out of those, out well, of the readings you've done, which one has been one of your favorite revelations? There isn't much there yet. What I'm seeing right now, and I'm like four episodes of reading in, and I'm right now I'm on Ayat or sorry Surah seven, which is actually quite long. I've I started it in one episode. I've got one full episode of it, and yet another episode of it, and I'm not done yet. But it's a lot of stuff about the Bible. So, actually, probably my favorite little vignette that I didn't know about, because he goes a lot of, well, Noah was my prophet, and look, no one listened to Noah, and look what happened to him, and Moses was my prophet, and Pharaoh and his people didn't listen to him, and look what happened to them, and, you know, Elisha was my prophet, no one listened, you know, he's bringing up all these biblical characters and saying, look, see what what happened to these people who didn't listen to me but then they, he throws in a few that i'd never heard of before and uh one is the uh tribe of thamud and the story and he actually in in the little bit that i've read he's already recounted the story twice so there's <laughs> loads of repetition in here um so i forget the guy's name but he, there was a guy who was a prophet uh uh I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But he took a camel to this tribe of Thamud. And Allah supposedly told the people of Thamud, hey, this guy that has that's my camel, and she needs is a she camel. She's gotta drink from your fountain, share your water, because like that's my camel. And I guess the people of Thamud didn't like the idea of sharing with a camel. And they hamstrung the poor camel. All right, I'm going to have to pause you and we'll figure out what happens to this poor camel in just a moment. Okay. Please stay with us through the break. We'll return to Atheist Talk with our guest, Deborah Mattaggart. I'm Hertzie Hertz here with Maddie Love. And you're listening to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota.
welcome back to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. You're tuned into Atheist Talk, and I'm your host, Hertzie Hertz, and I'm in studio with Maddie Love, talking to today's guests, Deborah Mattaggart, about her new show. Before we get back, however, I want to remind everyone listening that immediately following the program, you can listen to American Atheist Viewpoint, an official production of the American Atheists. Please note, you can always catch American Atheist Viewpoint by subscribing to the podcast version in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or the podcast player of your choice. As for the here and now, if you'd like to get involved in our conversation with Deborah Mattaggart and Maddie Love, you can call us at 952-946-6205, email us at radio at mnatheist.org, or tweet us at at Atheist Talk, or you can check out our Facebook page, Atheist Talk. Maddie, Deborah, welcome back. Now, Deborah, right before the break, you were talking about Joe Camel's sister. <laughs> yes, the she camel. <laughs> yes, I was going to say I, you were, you left me on pins and needles. I am so curious what happened well, to this camel. I'm, I'm actually thankful for the break because it gave me a quick second to refresh my memory, and uh, the the uh, messenger was um, Salih. So this guy Salih goes to the people of the mood with the she camel that Allah says was his she camel. And they were supposed to share their water. Now, remember, this is desert culture, so sharing water is a big deal. And they didn't want to share their water with a she-camel, so they hamstrung the poor thing, which is pretty awful. I'm not going to go into detail, but you can Google that stuff. Um, not, Not nice. And so Allah got really mad, and he hit them with a big earthquake. Got it. That's seemed now. I quite were they more upset that they'd had to share the water with a camel or a she camel? That they don't really go into. Now, I thought it was weird that they had to specify that it was a she camel. So I, I suspect that plays into it somewhere, but the, so far the Quran hasn't said anything about that. Hmm. Yeah. I'm just picturing um, the movie Caddyshack with Bill Murray explaining <laughs> how you could hamstring. The judge like so his drop his <laughs> strokes off his game. I have not seen that movie yet. It's on the list. Oh, I long, girl, I have a long list, okay? And I don't watch Bad a lot of I'm a little busy. All right, all right. Uh, and hopefully, I'll be busier soon. All right. So, one of the things that you did on your show was you went through the life of Muhammad himself. Yes, and now, and now. In contrast, because there are people who, who argue that his historicity, his I can say this word, yes. I swear, of Jesus, because we don't really yes. have many records for him. Yes. Um, Muhammad's a little bit different. Can you... Well, he's... First of all, he's 1,400 years ahead of Jesus, which does help. Now, and I actually mentioned this uh, on that part of the show, because... As far as Jesus goes, I'm very much in the mythicist camp. Muhammad, I've not delved into the actual documentation. Uh, I read two biographies about him. One was written by someone who is pretty pro-Islam, and the other was written by somebody who was very anti-Islam. So it sort of, you know, got a, a sense of what was more likely to be accurate but um, at this point, I am going to say that he probably existed, 
because I haven't seen anything to really call that into doubt as yet. But I am certainly open to information either way. But right now I'm I'm a tentative. Yes, there was a Muhammad. And so, what can you give us like a four and a half minute abridged version of his life? Kind of, yeah. He, um, his father, and again, very much like Jesus, his father is virtually nothing but a sperm donor. Except, well, Jesus wasn't. Yeah, Holy Spirit and all that. But, Same deal. <laughs> you know, Joseph. Uh, my my favorite meme for Christmas is uh, Maury Christmas. Joseph, you're not the father. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's no doubt that Muhammad would. And again, because Islam does not make any um, supernatural claims about their messengers and they say Jesus was just another messenger so they don't go in for the whole immaculate conception kind of thing so Muhammad had a real father um, whose name was Abdullah and he he you know he loved his wife and got married and whatever but now they say that Abdullah had this ethereal glow about him and everybody was oh that guy's destined for great things but now get this, and you'll laugh. The minute he gets married and gets his wife pregnant, he loses his glow. <laughs> really? The assumption being that the glow of great things to come is now passed to Muhammad because Muhammad was his great achievement. He wasn't actually going to do anything himself. So he had a glow and, face. Yeah. And before Muhammad is even born, he dies. He goes uh, away to uh, a town um, which ended up being called Medina. Uh, we don't get into Medina until way later. So he goes to this town, and then on the way home, he gets sick and dies. So he dies before Muhammad's even born. Now this, and I, I, I probably shouldn't give this away ahead of time, but I just I love this point so much that I can't resist not sharing it. So we all know, because we just experienced, you know, Christmas, the whole story with Jesus and the the North Star that followed him around and all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, Muhammad's mom outdoes all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this isn't in the Quran, but it's in um, the Hadith, I believe, uh, there is. I have a link up on the show notes of my of my show where I go into this. But when Muhammad's mom is in labor, so she's in Mecca because he belonged to the Quraysh tribe of Mecca. Uh, she's given birth. Her um, lady parts <laughs> emit a light from Mecca. That lights up the palaces of Syria. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I'm like, Jesus just had a star, man. Like, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> so many jokes that we all want to make off air. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll have quite the Patreon discussion today, I think. <laughs> and, and now my point in the show was okay so obviously this is supposed to be the the magnificent glow of muhammad emitting forth 
yet when he's born, he doesn't glow. I'm like, she could have saved a ton on lamp oil, man. Like, what's up with that? <laughs> Would have been hard to sleep, though, if you're Muhammad. Yeah, this is true. Did it's somebody like, turn out the I light? I get dark no matter where I am because I light up everything. You, you know, makes, light makes me wonder up if, my life. <laughs> makes me wonder if Joseph Smith read the Quran before he wrote the Book of oh, Mormon. Yes. Well, I don't know if if you guys noticed, but when I was reading the biographies of Muhammad, I was posting on my Facebook. I'm like, I swear, Joseph Smith, if I believed in reincarnation, would be the reincarnation of Muhammad because they are so much alike. It's ridiculous. All right. Well, we'll return with our guest, Deborah Mataggart, right after the break. Please stay with us. Tuning in to Atheist Talk on AM 950 KTNF. I'm your host, Hertzie Hertz, in studio with Maddie Love, and we're having what I would classify as a fascinating conversation with Deborah Mataggart <laughs> from the what, Quranorific? Full Quranic. Full Quranic. Ah, dang it. I was close. But before <laughs> we continue with this conversation, which will be our final segment with Deborah, there's a bit of housekeeping I need to attend to. Atheist Talk is produced by the funding from Minnesota Atheists and Cucumbers Restaurant in Adana, Minnesota. Please consider visiting our sponsors, and if you do, let them know that you appreciate and fully support their support of Atheist Talk. If you'd like to advertise on the program and help keep us on the air, you can contact us at radio at mnatheist.org. I also want to note that our group of dedicated volunteers and the generous donations of you, our listeners, you'll help keep Atheist Talk in the on the air and on podcast form. And we do want to thank our sustaining donor, August. Thank you, August. If you're able to help with the donation, please do so by visiting our Radio Fund page or at our Patreon at www.patreon slash atheistalk. Minnesota Atheist is a 501c3 hex-deductible organization, and we couldn't do this show without you, and we deeply appreciate your support. Music for Atheist Talk is by composer Brent Michael Davis and is used with permission. Please note all opinions are of the guests and hosts only and do not necessarily reflect those of Minnesota Atheist as an organization. As always, please check out the Minnesota Atheist website for podcasts of previous programs. You can browse articles book reviews, and peruse the calendar of upcoming events. You can also sign up for the Atheist Weekly email. AWE will give you links to upcoming events, and it's a great way to stay connected with the community. If you enjoy the show and all Minnesota Atheists has to offer, please consider becoming a member of Minnesota Atheists while you're on the website. The membership has some great perks. Check out how on the website. And with all this relevant and very useful information out of the way, let's get back to our conversation with Deborah McTaggart. You got to that <laughs> quick again. I know. <laughs> Practice. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, I, I should record this so that I can just press that, that play. That would be a good idea. <laughs> All right. But so we do have a call, but I do want to see if we can finish up Muhammad's yep, yep. story real quick. So so not long after he's born, it's the tradition that uh, they send, because the, the Quraysh tribe are, are the ruling tribe of Mecca, they send their babies off to Bedouin tribes to be... Um, wet nursed and raised up until they're weaned um not sure why but that's what they do so he gets sent off and the family that he's sent to says that they had such good fortune when muhammad was with them they didn't want to give him back right away so he's they he they kept him till he was about five or six he goes back with his mom. Mom takes him to see his father's grave and then not long after she gets sick and dies so he goes to live with his grandfather, who is this big, big wig statesman. 
And he controlled a lot of the um, pilgrimages to Mecca because Mecca was always a sort of spiritual hub. And the big black cube thing called the Kaaba that used to be the center of all of the polytheistic religions. So they had lots of idols and multiple gods, whatever. And he stays with him um, for two years and grandpa dies. And then he goes to live with his uncle and he stays with his uncle and works for his uncle, does some merchanting, does some was a shepherd for a while. And then he meets his first wife, who was actually several years older than him and a wealthy widow called Khadija. And he marries Khadija and they do really well in I don't know what they merchant what what their product was per se, but they were merchants, did pretty well. And when he was in his early forties is when he started uh, getting these revelations in the cave. And he, uh, you know, came out and said, look, I'm hearing voices. This isn't good. And his wife took him to a cousin who was actually a Coptic Christian. And the Christian's like, oh, that's that's a sign from God, right? And so once somebody told him he was a prophet, he was like, oh, well, of course. And he does his prophet thing seeing visions in the cave for another 20 some years he gathers up all of his followers he starts islam uh collects wives of course because you know prophet has to have more than you know one wife um khadija dies uh and then he marries his famous wife aisha who as we all know was six years old at the time and that's a whole other ball of wax, which we probably don't have enough time for. <laughs> no. And he does all of that uh, as a prophet. He, he, the, the people in Mecca get mad at him and his followers, kick him out. They go to Medina, uh, who, who like them. They amass an army over five or six years. They go back, take over Mecca uh, without any bloodshed. They just kind of go, whoa, that's a lot of people. Okay, we're Muslims now. And... <laughs> They take over Mecca, they spread Islam throughout the Middle East, and he dies. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, like I said, we do have a call on the air. So, Beth, I believe. <laughs> I know who this is. Uh-oh. Hi, ladies. Hello. Hi. So, two things you didn't mention that I was hoping you would from your show. And just so people know, I do have insider information because I'm Deb's co-host. On behalf yeah. of the trailer park. I don't. Can we have and insider I've, information, Maddie? I don't know. I think that the insider trading gets you put in jail. I don't know, but this is podcast <laughs> well, information. It, it, oh, okay. I, I listened to the episodes before any of you all, oh. and Deb and I banter back and forth about Islam in general. Where my forte is not Islam, hers is, and in comparative. And I think one thing that's really important that people take away from her new show is that this is from the perspective of a Western woman. Yes. Uh, an atheist Western woman. So, like, I know for myself, like, when Deb and I in private talk about Islam or any of the, uh, any religions, uh, Mormonism being another one we like to talk about, um, is that this is our perspective. This is from the perspective of, of a Western woman. Whereas we'll look at things like, okay, uh, Muhammad's uh, multiple wives. What uh, and, and kick me? You can kick me later if I give away part of your plot line. 
But okay. what most people don't, it's one of the criticisms that we use towards uh, religious leaders today of the, of the Christian faith, especially here in the U.S., is that it's really funny that uh, Christian doctrine matches their needs and wants. In other words, yes. Muhammad wanted multiple wives, so he said he had a prophecy about it. Yep. yep. And yep. so for us, looking at it from a Western perspective, we're going to see that as being pretty obvious, that that's why he did it. And I think it's important for us to realize that, you know, Deb isn't, isn't Middle Eastern. She, uh, she was not uh, born into the Muslim faith. Yeah, so she's looking at come. it, in her case, from a Canadian atheistic perspective. And, you know, we all look at Christianity and, you know, Scientology and all the other um, religions as being a little bit crazy. Well, to us, Islam is no different. There's Absolutely. aspects of Islam, especially when you read the Quran, just doesn't make sense to us, yeah. even if we're Christian. I- I mean, it, I I'm pretty sure wanna... uh, y'all have been in conversations, and you get to know Jewish Scotsman's LP. Oh, that's not a true well, Christian, or not a true whatever. It's like, uh, well, they claim Christianity. Well, one of the reasons so, I then, wanted to do this project, too, is because I thought it was actually important that a woman do this. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And I, I like it the fact that you're coming at, you seem to be coming out from the standpoint, yes, of a Western woman, but you're not coming at it from a standpoint of Islam is evil. You're coming at it, it seems like you're coming at it from the standpoint of Islam is just another religion. Let's talk about it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I, I'm going into what does your book say? And that's the whole point. I'm not, because, I debate Islam pretty regularly, and of course, the first thing you know, oh, you're just listening to anti-Muslim websites. I'm like, no, I've never been to an anti-Muslim website. I read your book. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and I think I, I think it's an the, important the perspective to keep in mind and, is because I mean, I know in my debates, and I don't debate Islam like Dub does, but I know well you you don't understand or. Uh, What's our favorite line, Deb? Uh, you're not Christian enough, or you don't. You're not infilled with the Holy Spirit, and it's like, dude, I'm a oh, former yeah. minister. If, if you student. don't already <laughs> believe it, then you can't understand it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I did at one point believe that, and I have learned otherwise. Yeah, uh, and I think the second point that's really important. This is something he, she stresses at the end of each podcast, and, and her and I have talked about this: is Islamophobia versus anti-Muslim hatred, and that yes. there is a humongo difference. And it's one, I think, even as atheists, we need to keep that in mind, is that Islam is an idea. Yes. Islam is not a person. Being a Muslim is a person. So you have to find that dividing line where, you know, you're you're criticizing the idea, not the individual, and I, you know, that's something her and I stress. I mean, we stress that on our show all the time. I right. mean, yeah, yeah, there there and might be some. I end, uh, I end crazy every ideas episode out there. with the statement that um, Muslims are people too. Anti-Muslim bigotry is wrong, but Islamophobia is BS. Uh, people have rights, not ideas. 
We totally yeah. agree with that here. Hey, Beth, we are actually going to move on. We only have a couple minutes left before we have to go yep. off air. I'm, 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 I'm going to hang up, and y'all have a good rest of the show. Thank you, you so do. much Thank for calling. You. Thank Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, that was. <laughs> That's my girl. <laughs> um, so let's see. We have a couple minutes left. Maddie, do you well, have a... Yeah, I just kind of wanted, like, you, we talked kind of a bit. You've talked a lot about your show, but I'm kind of curious, like, what is, like, this actual format of your show? Um, I just read the Quran. And then, like, just, I guess at some point, do you, because it sounded like from the conversation well, with Beth, I'm too. as I'm reading it, I'll interject. Okay. So if I read, like, and I'm not unfamiliar with the Quran. Like, um, famously, David Michael read the Book of Mormon for my Book of Mormon podcast. His and his thing with his was delicious that voice. He, <laughs> he did not read any part of the Book of Mormon before he recorded. So he went in blind every time. I'm not. There are parts of the Quran that I've actually studied extensively, specific verses, things like that. So I'm not unfamiliar with it. I've just not read the whole darn thing. So I will interject. You know, there's times where I read, for instance, the satanic verses that we all hear about. Um, You'll have to either listen to my show or google it to find out the details but when i got to that point in the quran i was like oh here's the part where the satanic verses is referenced right so or i'll be like what was that i just read like did he just say xyz and that was kind of lame or you know i'll interject while i'm reading and then do you have like references or people that you use for like any kinds of interpretation or pronunciation um well, for in, for pronunciation, I at one of my first episodes, I'm like, I'm going to do my best, but I'm apologizing now for every name I'm going to butcher in the future. Because like Medina. I'm a Canadian white chick. I don't necessarily know how to say this stuff. Um, as far as interpretations go, uh, I'm only using my own interpretation. And I also, and this is a huge point for me for any religion, if you're claiming your God is is omniscient and omnipotent there should be no interpretations i should be able to open it up read it and understand it all right well that's going to have to do for our live show today thank you and we'll join you again next sunday